So if you're keeping score, we've got to worry about colds, flu, and COVID. And that would be enough for anybody, right? Now we have to worry about RSV. As RSV cases are on the rise, especially in children, it would seem like we need to have an expert on to help educate us who's at the highest risk, what we can do to protect ourselves, and so on. So I'm joined today by Dr. David Ramos. He's an emergency medicine physician at Salinas Valley Memorial Hospital, and he's here today to tell us about RSV. This is Ask the Experts, a podcast from Salinas Valley Memorial Healthcare System. I'm Scott Webb. So, Doctor, thanks so much for your time today. This is a particularly timely podcast because uh, cases of RSV, you know, in addition to cold, flu, and perhaps COVID, but RSV in particular is our focus today, and they've been on the rise. So, let's start here, just a little baseline. What is RSV? RSV is a virus that's called respiratory syncytial virus, is its full name. And we've dealt with it for years. It's been around forever. And used to raise up our blood pressure as clinicians in the six-week-old crowd because that used to be kind of the first time they may get exposed to it. And because how six-week-olds react to it and the nature and small airways that they have, they could get things that other people didn't get. So, I mean, RSV can be gotten by anybody in the population. But after a certain age, we were used to it just kind of manifesting as a cold, you know, one of, I don't know, 267 viruses that can cause symptoms attributed to the common cold. But RSV, where we can see it, besides six-week-olds hurting people, is, you know, ends of the spectrums of age. So six-week-old, and it can also get folks later in life who have immunocompromise or they're aged or have other things like emphysema superimposed on the RSV. So those are the things that you look at in terms of what is RSV. Yeah, and do we know, doctor? It just seems like it's sort of being talked about more, right? Uh, Media, social media, word of mouth, whatever it is, it just seems like it's more prevalent right now. And I don't know if that's just in California or everywhere, but do we have a sense, uh, do clinicians have a sense of why it seems so prevalent at the moment? There's a couple of reasons. One, you know, RSV can just sometimes do things a little worse one year than the other. It's kind of like flu. I mean, not so much as specifics driven as influenza, but it can do that year to year. We can have a bad year and a good year. And I would tell you that it's happening everywhere in the U.S. right now. I mean, I'm talking, you know, to colleagues not only up the road from us, here at our tertiary care centers, but folks back home, I I, uh, went to school in Kansas, University of Kansas, and talking to colleagues that are in the pediatric emergency room there, they're inundated. Everybody in the nation is inundated. And reasons, one, I think we're having a worse season, but two, it's kind of a backlash of our COVID restrictions, right? And I don't want to blame COVID, and I don't want to blame anybody's restrictions. It was just Kids have been apart, so we're seeing it mostly in kids. We're seeing, you know, the adults get the colds, but being that we've had kids away from each other, they haven't been able to mix up the way that they used to two or three years ago when they're going to daycare and going to school, and we've had mask mandates. They don't mix up these things, and they don't get to step in the water the way they used to early and a little more gently, as it were, from an immunologic standpoint. Does that make sense, the way I'm saying it? 
Yeah, it does. We're just used to, to doing things a certain way. Our bodies are used to it, and we've removed that. And so now they haven't had the exposures to RSV and other viruses, and so now they're kind of thrown into the deep end, and we're seeing what this looks like. And kids in particular have to catch up immunologically, and this hits them harder than we've seen in a long time with any other virus, but RSV in particular. And not only are we seeing it in the six-week-olds, but we're seeing it older, you know, four or five years, because these folks aren't, like I said, they weren't getting exposed at six weeks or two years or anything else. So that's, I think, what we're seeing. Yeah, doctor, that makes total sense. And when we think about the signs and symptoms, you've mentioned that for most folks, RSV normally presents like a cold, right? Is that different now with RSV, especially in the younger population? So basically, what are the signs and symptoms? Are they different from cold, flu, and COVID? No, not at first. You know, they get a little fever and they get a little cough and things like that. And again, like I was telling you before, you know, what we ran into, you know, when you get these sort of things on a small level, you get a bit of inflammation in your airways and a lot of secretions. And as you get older, those airways can handle that a lot better. You cough, you clear things. They don't cause the problems that they do in a younger population. The problem they have with younger populations those bronchioles, those airways, those as they move smaller down, they don't have the area and wherewithal to resist, particularly the secretions that these things cause. And so they run into problems not clearing. They can develop, you know, plugged airways that can cause like pneumonias and things that show up on x-rays as pneumonia. And that's kind of the critical issue. And again, like I said, when they get these incremental exposures, we have at first saw, you know, folks having RSV problems, like I said, over the years at the six-week mark, and I use that as an arbitrary number. You, can, you know, it can go plus minus either way on that. But now what we're seeing is these kids are getting blasted, so we're seeing them come out to two years, three years, five years. And their airways, although bigger and not like what we're used to traditionally seeing with RSV down at the six-week level, we're seeing in upper, higher ages. Similar reasons, it's just that the airway that used to be able to compensate for this now isn't because it's kind of a more overwhelming response to that age group. So we've got to watch them as well. We're seeing older age groups come in and, and be sick, and some of them critically sick. Yeah, let's talk about that a little bit. I wanted to ask you know, what things have been like at the hospital, at the ED the last couple of weeks regarding RSV, flu, COVID, you know, are folks being, children being hospitalized for RSV? What have you been seeing in the emergency department? First of all, we're seeing lots of people come in because lots of people are getting blasted, but, you know, most of the older kids and adults were able to send home. But yes, we're seeing numbers. We're seeing a lot more hospitalizations with children, and so it's kind of become an all-hands-on-deck response where usually our pediatric wards aren't that filled because we can handle so many of these things and send them home. Now we are keeping them. And the thing to remember, you know, here's a number for you to remember. There are 5,000 intensive care unit beds, pediatric intensive care unit beds in the nation. And when you look at that number against the population of 300 million 
people in the U.S. and then scatter those 5,000 beds over all the major cities in the United States, that's not very many. Right. We're used to being at a certain number of beds filled with kids for varying reasons, and now the system's kind of overwhelmed. So what we're seeing is this surge, and the places that we usually send to Lucille Packard, UCSF, Children's, and stuff up and down this coast, up towards San Francisco, they're just overwhelmed and filled. All of these hospitals, and we're just one, there's many other hospitals that are being surged like this and forced to hold their own kids and do more intensive care than they are used to doing. And that means either holding them in the emergency room or using our wards and trying to treat them as best we can. And there's a Dr. Wen, W-E-N, over at Lucille Packard that has been great with his team, coaching us on what to do, giving us protocols, and then trickling it down through our chair of our department, Mr. Navarro and Christina Martinez. Those folks have been working together with Dr. Wen and the, uh, the critical care teams on what we can do best and how we can hold them best to which times uh, beds can open up. Everybody's working you know, around the clock to figure out how to best and safely do this. And then we're working with our local pediatricians and family practice docs. If they have somebody that we've admitted and they get worse on the wards where they usually didn't, then we're training them up to take care of these patients as well. So in answer to your question, yeah, we're seeing surges like we've never seen before. Where I usually counted in our emergency room, a busy day is considered... 180, a record day a month ago, a month and a half ago, would be 200 people coming through our ER in a 24-hour period. We are now seeing commonly every day about 240, 250 people. A record day is 300 people. That's a lot. That's a lot for our emergency room. And we run into things that a lot of ERs do, and ours in particular, we're a very efficient ER because we're in a very small footprint. And so, yeah, it's been very challenging, to say the least. You said 5,000 you know, pediatric beds. If you just said 5 million, I probably would have thought that still wasn't enough. So it makes me wonder, because you know, there's so much mirroring of symptoms between RSV, flu, cold, COVID, so... Obviously, a lot of people are heading to the ED, but a lot of people probably aren't because they're chalking it up to a cold or whatever, you know. I'm wondering, can or does RSV kill? You know, is it that serious, especially in the most vulnerable populations, the children, the smaller people with the smaller airwaves or immunocompromised? Can it be a killer if they just ignore the symptoms and chalk it up to being a common cold? Well, what kills them is their inability to breathe, right? Yeah, RSV can be a killer. We've always been sensitized to that, again, traditionally in younger age groups. But it's like anything. Parents are pretty good, uh, depending on how many kids they have. If it's the first kid, you know, then every little bit they come in, and we're okay with that. You know, they're learning how to be parents. Sure. And then you have five kids, and, you know... <laughs> the last one, you know, yeah, you're Mom fine. Looks, Rub some looks dirt at on the it. Kid, she's on the phone. Yeah. She says, "Is your hair on fire?" No. Then <laughs> talk to me later. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, you got yeah, those so spectrums true. of responses. But the thing is, I think most folks get it when they're looking at their kid and they see colds. They see that their child might look a little panicked or looked 
like they may be pale or a little dusky. And before that, they got a good idea that my kid is working hard to breathe. And so those are the things that usually guide them coming to us. Educational things like this, you know, will sensitize them to come in more. And you know what? I'm okay with that, even if it is a false alarm. You know, yeah, it makes my day a little more busy, but together I can sit there with mom and dad and look at their child and, and help them. A lot of my job, when I say my, me, physicians as the collective, our job is to reassure And so I'm good with that, but we can collectively, all of us, look together and say, this is okay, this is not okay, and this is when you come back. And if you're in doubt, come back. We'll see you. Yeah, it's like a a cold is a cold, right? And a cold may also be COVID or might lead to flu and, you know, just sort of like get my mind around this a little bit. But RSV is a little bit different, right, if I'm understanding you that... Yeah, there may be some of the initially some of the symptoms that mirror cold and flu and perhaps COVID. But if your child is struggling to breathe, right. if, they, if they clearly are having trouble breathing, they have that sort of panicked look on their face, as you say, better to be safe than sorry, head to the ED, right? Correct. You know, what's different with RSV, traditionally it hasn't killed that many. It could be that serious that we watch for it. But now, like I said, we're seeing more and more kids seriously ill with it. And so our awareness and our clinical expertise is in terms of assessment and treatment are heightened right now in this season because of all the stuff that we discussed while and when we're seeing it hit kids so hard. Doctor, I appreciate your time. We had some laughs along the way, but RSV is serious, and we want folks to take it seriously. If it looks like your child is struggling to breathe, that's a great time to head to the ED, and better to be safe than sorry. And as we've talked about, you know, for things where there are vaccines, get those. Wear your mask, even if it's optional, because that can help. Wash your hands and so forth. So, Doctor, thanks so much for your time today. You stay well. Likewise. You take care. And for a complete list of all of our podcasts, please visit svmh.com. And if you found this podcast to be helpful, please be sure to tell a friend, neighbor, or family member and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. And check out the entire podcast library for additional topics of interest. This is Ask the Experts from Salinas Valley Memorial Healthcare System. I'm Scott Webb. Stay well, and we'll talk again next time.